Welcome to the ONS Energy Talks, a podcast where you meet experts on energy, technology, and sustainability. Hello, and welcome to podcast by ONS and Learn. My name is Silvia Seres. The topic today is uh, energy technology, and my guest is Björn Erik Dahle. Uh, co-founder and executive chairman of Solution Seeker. Welcome. Thank you. Jonerik, um, you were a partner um, at, uh, at the consulting company um, that was involved in, in, in this uh, particular company that you're leading now and decided at some point that you really wanted to be involved in building up this technology company in the energy sector. And I'm really curious about the transition. Um, before we go there, would you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and what drives you? Yeah. Um, so my name is Björnerk Dalla. Um, I have a background from, from the Technical University in Trondheim, uh, computer science and, and finance. As you said, I worked in consulting for many years, advising uh, energy technology uh, companies, so big uh, corporates um, and, and also private equities, um, doing a lot of work in, in the domain of oil and gas uh, and, and general energy. Um, uh, a, a kind of colleague student from, from the university, he, he took a different path. He, he took his PhD on production optimization in the oil and gas industry and, and uh, worked at the, at the university and, and uh, made some uh, nice discoveries uh, and inventions that um, were really early on in, in the uh, now machine learning age. Um, and they developed technologies that were different from the things we saw uh, in the industry. So, so together with him uh, and the university, we, we founded Solution Seeker uh, a few years back. Uh, I was uh, then still working as a consultant, but they, they had a lot of uh, advances. And, and uh, um, yeah, a uh, few years back, uh, I took you over. You couldn't us. resist them anymore. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't. So, so then uh, and it started to become more and more kind of commercially ready. Uh, so, so I entered as uh, chairman and, and uh, it uh, grew on me to a passion project and, uh, and then it became a kind of an executive chairman position. So now I uh, spend quite a lot of my time uh, with the company. So Solution Seeker has uh, this uh, product um, production compass, AI, and it's uh, very simply put uh, artificial intelligence solution for, for, for managing the extraction of oil and gas uh, optimizing it real time? Yeah, yeah. So it's for the real time uh, optimization of your system to maximize throughput through kind of all the um, uh, all the infrastructure that you have but already put in place. Very basically, for somebody that doesn't know how, how this extraction works, there is, a, there is an oil field somewhere yeah. far below the surface of the ocean. Um, and then there is some oil or gas down there and it's in different pockets and sometimes you have to apply some water or some gas and, and this you need to calculate based on the sensors that you put in the field. Is that a sort of a very naive but... No, it's very accurate. So, so I think that is, uh, that is uh, the thing. You, ha you have this reservoir. It's, it's huge. Yeah, and, and you, you really don't know exactly, exactly. how it works, um, but you have some ideas, you have drilled your wells, you start producing, 
Um, and then you start observing what is actually happening. Uh, and this we observe through sensors. Uh, and from those sensors, we can learn the behavior and the dynamics in the field. Uh, and we can optimize how we then uh, choose to drain from the different wells, how we choose to allocate gas injection or uh, water injection or, or other things that we can uh, kind of uh, influence. Push the gas yeah, out or yeah, the yeah. So, uh, so it doesn't help having a camera in a dark place uh, like this. So, what you have are pressure sensors or what, what, what kind of information? Yeah, so it's pressure and temperatures, it's uh, choke positions, so openings of valves, it's uh, injection rates on, on the gas or water. Um, it's basically everything that has to do with the production. Uh, and the beauty is that this is information that the oil companies have had and collected for, for actually years. Um, but it's been really hard to extract learning from it. Uh, and that's where kind of the advances in in the data-driven modeling uh, plays a nice role now. So now you look for patterns in these pressure changes and temperature changes, and you know that they might be signaling more or less oil or gas somewhere. Yeah, so, so yes, so we try to, um, to then figure out uh, an estimate what is actually going on. So what flow comes from what parts of the system, how do the different parts of the system interact and influence each other. And, and, and a challenging thing is that this evolves over time. The, the reservoir changes as we drain uh, the system. Uh, so we have to also be able to, to predict the, the changes in the reservoir. So uh, I assume this has quite a big commercial effect on how much of the reservoir you're able to extract in a reason, for a reasonable cost. Yeah, so so um, it uh, differs uh, across the field. Some are quite trivial to, to operate. Others are extremely complex. Uh, so, But uh, the expected uh, increased production is somewhere between 1 to 4 or 2 to 5 percent. Um, and that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's huge amounts of money. And especially considering kind of only having a software as, as your input. It's not a huge redesign or rebuild of a field, uh, big uh, expensive modification project. This is, this is just software and uh, working smarter. So this is a part of this digitalization wave in oil and gas. Well, what more? do people do to digitize it? Yeah, so, so this, this has really come on the agenda the last uh, couple of years. The digitalization wave is hitting the oil and gas industry, coming out of kind of a cost-cutting uh, phase uh, now into the digitalization phase. Um, and and it, it, uh, it means a lot. Uh, the, the oil companies are now really uh, reorganizing uh, uh, the way they work. Um, and, and uh, building new uh, kind of uh, capabilities internally, uh, working with the external ecosystem in, in a different way, I think, uh, to really adopt these technologies and also change the way they work. Uh, a lot of this can, can improve how we work, uh, so we can work uh, smarter, make better decisions and, and make them faster. Because one thing is, um, you know, having the data. Uh, people say that the oil and gas companies have tons of data. It's more being able to use the data for something that really is useful. Mm. But then the other thing is changing their processes. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's both. It's, it's on, the, on the data side, it's twofold. So some data they have always had and been available. Most of that data, or for us, most of that data has always been available. 
Uh, it has just not been utilized in the way that we do. Uh, other parts of the oil and gas, they, they have not had that data available. It's been just stored in some uh, some safe place and, and unavailable for the ones that actually need the data. So that's a big difference. Uh, for us, it's always been available, but now it's how to really exploit all the value that is in there. And, and it's not trivial because uh, an oil and gas field is quite different from any other uh, process system. Um, so, so you have to take that into account that this is a completely different system with a lot of noise, uh, less kind of, you have, you have basically no clue about the real physics um, and it's constantly changing. So that's um, creating hurdles for applying uh, machine learning. And I think that is some of the uh, things that we have been able to solve is how this can actually be applied in, in uh, oil and gas environment. You're also saying that for you, Norway has a very exciting ecosystem. What, what do you mean by that? Um, I think some of the Norwegian oil companies are, are kind of really on the f- uh, forefront of, uh, of the digitalization wave, uh, coupled with a uh, lot of infrastructure that we have in place in the North Sea with the uh, fiber optics, uh, etc., that really makes uh, real-time data available and accessible. Uh, Coupled then with a supplier industry that is growing uh, and, and emerging now with uh, players like ourselves or the Cognites or uh, the, the kind of incumbents, the, the Siemens and ABB and, and everyone. There's a lot of competence and infrastructure um, in place in, in Norway. And uh, there's a collaborative spirit. Uh, so we work with, uh, with many of them at the same time and in the same projects. And I think that's pretty unique. Uh, the level of trust is, is high. Uh, many of the people know each other uh, from, from before. And uh, I think that uh, creates um, a good opportunity for Norway to develop a supplier industry in, uh, in the digital space. And then there is also this timing issue where you say that, you know, we're moving from the hype into industrial relevance. Why is that happening? You said we're out of cost uh, doldrums, but there's something else? Um, moving from the hype, yeah. So, so I think there, there's, uh, there, there's clearly been and still is kind of a hype in, in general of what machine learning can do and cannot, etc. But I think now people have tried it, tried different ways, angles to it, and, and starting to get real results and, and create real value. Um, and, and that also makes it possible to start to operationalize it. It's not just kind of research or, or pilots or, or simple uh, mock-ups. It's, it's real applications and, and real value being created and captured. So, um, yeah. So um, I was asking you about some other favorite or inspiring examples of energy technology. And uh, there's, there are quite a lot of interesting things coming out of your um, university and uh, also coming out of uh, the some of your customers that you mentioned that collaborate on these things. But you mentioned also that you might find um, other applications um, in your company for a sort of a reverse. Um, so now you're emptying uh, these reservoirs, but you might find ways to fill them with a CCS kind of yeah, uh, yeah. content or... or um, yeah, so and, and, and there might be things in, in LNG or, or um, solar or wind that might be relevant for optimized extraction. I mean, what other things do you think are interesting? 
Um, I think most uh, energy technologies are, are interesting. Uh, I think what, what's really amazing now is that we are in kind of these this transition phase. When I started working with oil and gas, everyone was talking about peak oil, that we would run out of oil and gas. Uh, the, the opposite has happened. We have found extreme amounts and, and with shale gas and shale oil in the US and everything. So now we have abundance of uh, oil and gas. Uh, at the same time, we have made huge advances uh, within renewables. So we kind of have this parallel track. And I think that kind of solves the, the short term and the long term uh kind of energy outlook uh, or demand um but but i think in particular i think uh, the lng is really a short-term interesting technology where, where norway has always played a role both on asset owner side and on technology side that that kind of solves or allows us to to utilize these vast gas reserves um, solar and, and wind uh, is always in the media, so, so people kind of know the advances there. Um, the question is really, can we also make oil and gas sustainable in, in the long run? Uh, and then I think we would have uh, kind of the best of all worlds, kind of both the, the, the efficient fuels of, of oil and gas uh, combined with, uh, with uh, renewables. You said something to me earlier that I, I think is a very important point. I'd like to go back to um, in the oil and gas industry, we have the principle of best available technology. So all oil companies have to demonstrate to the authorities that they operate in the best and safest way. And this in turn creates a market for technology adoption. For me, this is a really interesting way of, you know, an application of incentivizing innovation that then leads to world leading products that then leads to new markets. Mm. Um, how do we do more of this? You know, we did it. Yeah. We did it in oil and gas. We should do it in uh, welfare, in health, in. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, it's clearly worked for Norway in uh, in oil and gas domain. So we have had a huge amount of innovation. Um, relatively few people here, so so I think we can be proud of what we've done there. Um, clearly, see that in other industries where we are more adopters of of foreign technologies and standards. Yeah, you mentioned healthcare. Uh, I can think of kind of medicines, uh, etc. that we kind of, where we often are uh, challenged for being laggers. So uh, I think those standards at least has really fostered uh, innovation in, in Norway within the oil and gas industry. And, and we could probably uh, adopt that for, for other uh, industries going forward. Where do you go to uh, learn more? Do you have some recommended reading? Yeah, so so um, I think uh, at least from from my perspective, I, I think that um, since machine learning is such a topic, uh, everyone should try to get a grasp uh, of what it actually is and what it isn't, because it's uh, it's uh, it's not as dangerous as people think, yeah, but it will impact every industry and, and I think every every workplace um, and, and uh, myself uh, I, I go just to, to YouTube or to some of these uh, universities that publish uh, um, their lectures online uh, to learn I think that's a uh, that's a place where people should go to to learn and try to understand start with the basics and, and, and advance do you have a favorite technology quote you could leave as a little present for our listeners 
Yeah, so I, I think uh, I like to quote uh, our CTO, uh, Bjarne Grimstad. He, uh, he said that his motivation for, for doing what we do is that uh, no one has been able to do it before. And, and I think that's the, that's the real motivation people need in the energy technology space to, to really challenge status quo and, and, and uh, try to, to solve the impossible. If people had to remember one thing from our conversation, what would you like it to be? Um, I think it is that we are now actually seeing tangible results uh, of uh, data-driven applications or machine learning, AI, uh, in the oil and gas industry. So, so we are moving from the early phase and experiments into to real uh, value capture. Where the real money is. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also a huge effect, positive effect on the environment. I think we should also remember that optimization has a very, very important long-term effect as well. Absolutely. Bjorn uh, Erik Dahle from Solution Seeker. Thank you for coming here and helping us understand more about the digitalization in the oil and gas industry. Thank you. And thank you for listening.